Thank you for joining us here at Fellowship Church for today's message. Our desire is to encourage others to love God, love people, and impact the world. And we would love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So take a moment and visit us online at fellowshipws.org. Find the Share Your Story button and tell us what God is doing in your life. While you are there, you'll also find useful information about our church and other resources that will bring you closer to Christ. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you enjoy today's message. Hebrews chapter 11. We're going to have fun today. Hebrews chapter 11. You got it? All right, if you're not prepared, amen, they'll put them on the screen. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Here's what it says. Now faith is... Mm, the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. Faith is the substance. Now somebody shout now faith. faith. It's important for you to understand that faith comes before promise. Now faith. Some of you looking for a now promise, but you got to first have now faith. Now faith is... We'll deal with the promise later, but right now what we need to have is now faith. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it, the elders obtained a good report. For by it, the elders. Who's the elders? Those people in the word of God that you read about, that you study about. For by it, those folk that you look to and you study as you read the Bible from Genesis to Revelations. For by it, those people obtained a good report. Now look at 1 Kings chapter 18. 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 44. Here's what it says. And it came to pass at the seventh time that he said, Behold, there ariseth a little cloud out of the sea like a man's hand. And he said, Go up, say unto Ahab, Prepare the chariot and get thee down that the rain stop thee not. And it came to pass in the meanwhile that the heaven was black with clouds and wind and there was a great rain. Can you say amen to that? I just want to preach this morning when the rain comes. When the rain comes. Come on, by your heads. Come on, let's pray together. Father, we thank you. We honor you now, God, for who you are. There is nobody like you. Father, you're the only person I know that can speak one word but minister to many different people in many different ways. So, God, I do pray that you'll tell and make this word to fit where we are. But, God, please don't leave us there. Allow it to catapult us into our destiny, our future, and you. Open up our eyes that we might see. Open up our ears that we might hear. And, God, more importantly, open up our hearts that we might believe. Father, we give you praise. We give you honor. We give you glory. In Jesus' name, we do declare and decree. And we all say together, we all say together, you can be seated in the presence of the Lord when the rain comes. If I could admit something to you, I am a nerd at heart. I'm a nerd in as much that there are things that I do that I can I, that other people may consider weird. I don't necessarily consider it that weird. I will not give you all my weirdisms this morning, but 
one of the things that I have a tendency to do is I absolutely love process. I love process so much so that if I go see a movie that I find very intriguing, that I find very interesting, I find myself when I get, when I get home Googling the backstory of the movie. I, back, I, I Google the backstory of the movie because I understand that it didn't just happen, that what we saw on the screen in that limited two-hour span didn't happen in an instant. I understand that there was a process behind the scenes. There was something behind the scenes that we did not see that happened to produce something that we do see. I love process. I love process so much so until I, when I meet somebody that I find successful, I have a tendency to ask them, how did you get here? Many people are enamored by where people get to, but not how people got there. And so I find myself asking questions that have nothing to do with where you are. I have a tendency to ask people questions about how did you get to where you are? When I find a married couple that I deem to be successful, I don't hashtag them immediately relationship goals because I don't care so much about where they are. I care about the process it took for them to get there. So oftentimes when I find a husband that is uh, treating his wife well and his wife is smiling at him in such a way that I want my wife 20, 30 years down the road to smile at me, I ask him, what did you do that was so impactful to put a smile on her face like that? because I am very intrigued when it comes to process. I understand and recognize that the things that we see did not happen from the things that we appear. The things that we see happen from something that is behind the scenes. I understand that everything in life is about process. Somebody shout process. It's important for you to understand that fact and understand that God is a God of process. He's so much so a God of process that when he brought the children of Israel out of Egypt, he did not take them instantly into their promised land. But he led them, the Bible declares, the long way. He led them the long way because the Bible declares that pre-adventure, when they got to the promised land, they would turn around when they saw war. They thought that they were going to go the short way to get there, but God is a God of process. Somebody shout process one more time. He's a God of process. He says, listen, I can't take you into this thing quick, fast, in a hurry. I understand that you have a tendency to want to go from zero to 60 real quick, but I need you to understand that I am a God of process because I will not allow you to get it and then lose it. So I'm going to train you up. I'm going to develop you in a way that's going to get you to the place where you need to go. I am a person, if I can admit this to you, I'm a person, I don't know if I'm by myself, but I'm a person I can't stand pumping gas. I absolutely hate pumping gas. So much so until I give out a gas on a consistent basis. Pray for me. Don't judge me. I give out a gas so much so because I understand and recognize I hate pumping gas. It's something about just sitting there and standing there. I'm very impatient. This thing is not going fast enough for me. But I give out a gas not because I don't have the ability to put the gas in it, but because I don't like the process it takes to put the gas in it. See, you can only put a little gas when you only go on a short distance. But when God is about to do something in your life that's going to shake your city, shake your community, you can ill afford to abort process. Sometimes the long way is not the wrong way. I need an amen right there. Because we serve a God of process. I understand everything that's happening in my life happened as a result of a process. That any good product, any good promise takes a good process. I understand that also when I read Hebrews chapter 11. When I read Hebrews chapter 11, I understand when I'm reading this through my mind now, I read this not through a, 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 the instrument of promise, I read this through the instrument of process. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 declares, now faith is. Mm. 
Now, faith is the substance. Now, my wife loves to cook. She absolutely, I don't even know why she has an iPad. She has an iPad to look up recipes. That's all she does with her iPad. She absolutely loves to cook. And so when I read this scripture, I hear my wife saying, now, faith is the substance. Faith is a recipe. I need you to understand that the things that faith will produce is the byproduct. It, it is the byproduct of the good recipe. You can't have a good end result if you don't have a good recipe. You know some folk that think they can cook, but they can't cook? God is saying, listen, I want to get you to a point where you understand what's about to happen in the next five years of your life, about to happen in the next 10 years of your life. So first, I got to deal with your recipe. If your recipe is flawed, your end result will be flawed. So he says, now faith is a recipe. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. It is the substance of things hoped for. That the thing that you are hoping for, faith is one of the ingredients. It is the ingredient that's needed to build the thing that you're hoping for. Faith is a part of the process. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. It is the evidence of things not seen. For by it, the elders obtained a good report. For by it, the elders obtained a good report. What's a good report to a man that's blind? You can see. What's a good report to somebody that's broke? Money in the bank. Shorty, what you think? He said, for by it, by faith, the elders obtained a good report. Faith is the recipe. Faith is part of the process that's important for you to understand it's important for you to understand that many of the things that you are praying for that God answers your prayers savage prayers based upon savage faith do I have anybody to talk back to me God answers savage prayers from savage faith many times in life you're praying for something that you can't pay for you're praying for stuff that surpasses your ability to pay for it in faith. Write this down. Write this down. We're going to teach just a little bit. Faith is kingdom currency. Faith is kingdom currency. In other words, anytime you get ready to ask God for something, he never checks his ability. He checks your faith. When the Samaritan came to Jesus and asked Jesus if he could heal his daughter, he said, where is your faith? Where is your faith? I'm not worried about can I do it. What I want to know is do you have the faith it will take to pay for it? Have you ever, have you ever just gone to the store and the, 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 the salesperson comes and asks you, um, can I help you with anything? And you always say the same thing. No, I'm just looking. Now, the truth of the matter is, you know that's a lie. You're not just looking. But you want the ability to be able to turn the tag around and see how much it costs without getting embarrassed. You know exactly what you want, but you don't know if you have enough to pay for it. In the same way, there, there are some things that you are praying for that you can't pay for. In that, that there are some things that you're asking God for that you don't have the kingdom currency yet to pay for. And God is saying, where is your faith? Faith is the part of the process. The thing that I'm about to give you is not going to be based upon my ability. The thing that I'm about to give you in this next season of your life is going to be based upon your faith. Where is your faith? 
So I understand that's a process. I understand that faith is a process. One of the things that I've come to learn is that faith is not just faith. Not everybody, all faith is not created equal. That there are some people that have faith and there are other people that have this kingdom currency that it's going to take to get the thing that they're hoping for. So I want to break down faith, if I may, just for a little bit so we are on the same page about faith. The first thing that I've come to understand is that there are first people of faith. There are people of faith, that that's where it starts, that you have to be a person of faith, to understand if I'm going to access the things of God, the first thing I have to do is I have to be a person of faith. For the Bible declares that without faith it is impossible to please God, for no man comes to God except he believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So I understand that the first thing is I got to believe that God will. I got to believe that he will. So I have to be a person of faith. I've also come to understand that not everybody that's a person of faith necessarily has faith. Not everybody that's a person of faith necessarily has faith. You remember, mm -hmm, you remember the children of Israel when they came out of Egypt, they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years and when they got to the place of the promised land, they were people of faith. They were God's chosen people, but the Bible says in Numbers chapter 14 that they lifted up their eyes that night and they wept, not because they weren't people of faith, but because they didn't have faith. It is very possible for you to be a believer and not believe. I need an amen right there. Would be to God for you to be a believer and not believe. Would be to God for you to have access to it but never get it, not because you weren't a person of faith, but because you didn't have faith. So I recognize and understand that if I'm going to be a person that accesses the things of God, I can't just be a person of faith. I have to have faith. Somebody shout have faith. I got a half faith. Now, I grew up, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a church guy. I grew up in the church. I've been in church all my life. All my life, I've been in church. And I understand that when we're talking about having faith, all having faith, even in itself, is not created equal. That we used to talk about, in the old church, we used to talk about faith in, in three ways. We used to talk about one, saving faith. We used to talk about saving faith. That, that is the faith that's able to get you out of the club. I need an amen right there. That, 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 that's the faith that's able to get you off the corner. That, that's the, the, the saving faith is a type of faith that when you cuss, you don't cuss on the church grounds. I need a couple of amens right there. That's the type of faith that when you listen to your jams that ain't necessarily gospel music, you at least turn it down when you get on the church grounds. That's that saving faith. I know who he is. That's that saving faith. And they say, listen, you got to transition from just having saving faith. Now you got to have some keeping faith. You got to have that type of faith that's that keeping faith. My grandma used to say, you, you got a little residue. You saved, man. You saved some, but you got a little residue still on you. You, you got saving faith, but you don't have keeping faith. The keeping faith is the type of faith that makes you, makes you keep your mouth shut when you off a church. That's the type of stuff that when you go in on Monday morning, you don't cuss nobody out. That, that's that type of faith. That's that keeping faith. He's a keeper. He, he, it's that type of stuff that doesn't make you slap the taste out of somebody's mouth. If it's a real church, I, maybe I can just say this kind of stuff at Hungry. It, it's, that, it's that keeping faith. And then there's another type of faith that's that overcoming faith. That overcoming faith. The, the overcoming faith that allows you to overcome situations and circumstances that are out of your control. It, it, God said this to me probably about a month ago. He said, son, listen, there are many people who are living faith check to faith check. 
What do you mean, God, when you say that? There are many people that live in faith check to faith check. In other words, they got enough faith for the stuff that they, they expect to happen, but not the stuff for the unexpected thing that's going to happen in their life. And if you are going to be a believer that's going to get the thing that you've been praying for, you got to understand that sometimes mountains will come. Sometimes storms will arise. Sometimes situations that are out of your control will come into your life, and you got to have more than just saving faith. You got to have more than just keeping faith. You got to have some overcoming faith. You got to have some faith that makes you look at your enemy and say, Hallelujah, anyhow. That when they start talking about layoffs, you say, I'm going to be good. He owns a cattle on a thousand hills. I don't just have keeping faith, I got some overcoming faith. So understand, I gotta, have, I gotta be a person of faith, I gotta have faith, but I also understand that what God is looking for me in this next season of my life is he's looking for me to be faithful. What do you mean, God? It, it, that you're saying it's not enough for me just to be a person of faith. No, it's not enough for you to just believe that he is, but you gotta also have having faith, which believes that he will. It's not enough for you to just believe that he is and believe that he will, but I need you to understand you gotta be faithful. What does that mean, God, when you're saying I gotta be faithful? What I'm saying when I mean you gotta be faithful is you gotta believe me beyond the promise. What do you say? I, there, there are some of us who only believe God for the thing that we prayed about. And as long as God answers the prayer request, you got faith in him. So truthfully, do you have faith in God or do you have faith in what you asked him to do? Mary and Martha come to Jesus and say, Jesus, our brother Lazarus is sick. We need you to come right now and we need you to heal him while he's still sick. And Jesus decides to chill. He doesn't show up. And many of us who have faith would have stopped having faith the moment that Lazarus died because we had faith, but we weren't faithful because we only had faith for the thing we asked him to do. And the moment he doesn't do the thing that we asked him to do, we stop having faith because you were only faithful to the thing. You weren't faithful to him. Being faithful surpasses the promise. Being faithful says, God, they laid me off and I don't know why they laid me off. I didn't get the job and I knew I was qualified. God, I don't understand why I'm still single because I know I look better than her. God, I don't recognize what's going on in my life right now, but I'm faithful. I'm faithful to come to fellowship when the pastor ain't there. I'm faithful. When they ain't passing out benefits and bonuses and raises, I'm still faithful. Understand and recognize that God is doing something in the lives of faithful people. There were lepers who were healed because they had faith. But there was one leper that was made whole because he was faithful. There are some things that you didn't even pray about that God wants to do in your life for people that are faithful. As long as you just have faith, God may do the thing that you asked him to do, but there are some things exceedingly abundantly above all things that God wants to do in your life, not because you have faith, but because you're faithful. Somebody shout faithful. I recognize and understand that that's what Hebrews was trying to get me to understand. Hebrews chapter 11 was trying to get me to understand that there are some things that I want to do in the life of some people that are faithful. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders, the faithful, somebody shout faithful one more time. For by it the faithful obtained a good report. For by it Abraham, Sarah, who were too old in age by man's standards to have a baby, got pregnant. By 
by it faithful Noah who was building an ark that didn't make sense why he should be building an ark. He was preparing for something because he heard a word from Lord. By it, he obtained a good report. So what God ultimately is trying to get me to the point, he's trying to get me to the point where I am faithful. We could go down through a list of people in the Bible who were faithful and we could spend all day, all year here talking about people that are faithful. I want to talk about somebody that we tend not to talk about when, as it relates to faithful. We tend to talk about his miracles, but we don't talk about his faithfulness. I want to talk about Elijah. Somebody shout Elijah. Elijah is significant. Now Elisha, now the way I understand it, the way I, I learned Elijah, Elisha, J comes before S. So Elijah was the first. Elijah mentored Elisha. Elisha is the one that received the mantle from Elijah. So we talk about Elijah. Now this is interesting to note about many of you have probably heard about Elijah. But it's interesting to note in 1 Kings chapter 17. In 1 Kings chapter 17, the Bible talks about Elijah, and it talks about Elijah in such a way that Elijah just shows up on the scene. Elijah is a full-grown man. All we know about Elijah is Elijah is a Tishbite. So he came from the land of Tishbite. He just shows up out of the blue. Here comes this person just showing up out of the blue, and he is sent to prophesy, declare God's word to Ahab. He is sent to declare God's word to Ahab. He is sent to perform miracles on behalf of God. He just shows up out of the blue. I want to take just a parenthetical moment and just say what in the world is God doing with folk that nobody knows about? That God is doing something in the lives of some people that folk didn't folk when God does this next thing in your life people are going to go through your Instagram they're going to go through your Facebook and they're going to try to figure out where you came from because you just showed up in chapter 17 Nobody ever heard about you. Nobody ever talked about you. Nobody ever co-signed on you. But you just all of a sudden show up. Somebody say, show us. I want you to write this down. This is an important note for you to write down about what God is about to do in the lives of some people that are faithful. Whatever God uses in public, he prepares in private. Oh, man. Whatever God uses in public, he prepares in private. Mm. Whatever God uses in public, he prepares in private. You, you, you know the scripture that says our gift will make room for us and bring us before great men. What I've come to learn about God is the room that God prepares the meal is not the same room that God serves the meal. God prepares the meal in the kitchen, but he serves the meal in the presence of your enemies. So God has a tendency not to prepare the meal in the same room that he serves the meal. So that's why some folk can't understand where you came from because they weren't in the room where God prepared it. They were only in the room where God... Are you hearing me where God served it? Because God does not allow people that don't understand what God is doing in your life to be a part of the cooking process. People that can't help you, people that can't add to your life, people that's only trying to take away from what God is doing, God won't let them in the room. He won't let them in the room. I, I need you to sit at the table. It's done when it's done. I don't need you coming in here trying to taste it before it's done. Because if there are people that saw you before he served you, they try to judge you. They try to discredit what God was doing on the inside of you. Uh, I got a mama that's constantly just tasting it. To me. It ain't ready yet. It ain't ready yet. Are we done yet? No, it's not ready yet. It's not ready. Somebody say, I'm not ready yet. 
but when you're ready, you're just going to show up like Elijah in 1 Kings 17, and they're going to say, where in the world did you come from? God was hiding me from folk like you. God was protecting me from stuff like you. God didn't allow me to be prepared in the same room that he served me. So here, Elijah is being prepared in private and being used in public. He comes to Ahab and says, listen, Ahab, I need you to understand the God that I serve is not pleased with you. He's not pleased with how you've been governing this nation. You have put more faith in the resource, the rain, than you put in God. So to show you who's God, he's going to stop it from raining. There are some things that God does when we give more credit to the blessing than the blessor. If God hadn't taken away that job from you, you would have never understood that he was God. If God hadn't allowed that person to walk out on you, you'd have never understood he was God. Many of you pray the prayer, I'll be glad when. God said, I need you to understand how to be glad now. I don't need you at the point, I'll be glad when this happens. You need to understand how to count it all joy and somebody shout now. So here comes Elijah. I love this. Elijah then speaks to Ahab and says, listen, it's not going to rain. But then God tells Elijah, Elijah, I need you to go now to the brook. I need you to go to the brook, and as you go to the brook, I'm commanding, mm, love this, a raven to feed you there. I'm sending a raven to the place I told you to be. I, I'm sending a thing that their very nature is a taker. I'm changing the nature of some things to, to feed you. I'm sending you to the brook, and I've commanded a raven to feed you there. There are going to be some folk. Can I prophesy for a second? There are going to be some folk that wanted to curse you and they're going to have to bless you. Not because they necessarily like you, but God is changing the nature of some folk. Some folk ain't going to understand. Raven, can you imagine how jacked up this raven was? I'm supposed to be taking the food and I'm bringing the food. God is changing the nature. He said, I'm going to allow you to go to the brook and I'm going to allow a raven to feed you there. I'm, allow, I'm not going to allow a raven to feed you. I'm allow a raven to be at the place I told you to be. Mm. I'm not giving it to you. I'm giving it to the place I told you to be. Can I just give you just one nugget? Buses don't stop at people. Buses stop at bus stops. And anybody that's at the stop can get on the bus. Some of you are waving down a blessing and God said you ain't got to wave it down if you're just in the place I told you to be. If you can get to the place I commanded a raven to feed you there. You worried about the job. Don't worry about the job. You, you need to be at the place I told you to be. But God, they give him more money. See, but that ain't the place I told you to be. God, but he fine. But I need you to be at the place I told you to be. Why? Because I've commanded them to feed you there. You can just get there. Somebody say get there. You can just get there. If you can just get to the place he told you to be. Because God has this mindset. Wherever he leads you, he feeds you. Mm. 
Wherever he leads you, he feeds you. Wherever he leads you. If he led you to that job, he'll feed you at that job. If he led you to that relationship, he'll feed you in that relationship. If he led you to that situation, he'll feed you in that situation. I commanded the ravens to feed you there. When the brook dries up, don't worry about the brook drying up. Somebody say, don't worry about it. Because now I'm going to send you to a widow woman and she is going to sustain you. She's going to sustain you. Elijah, I got a word for you. It's been long enough. It's been three and a half years. It hadn't rained. I need you to go back. Go back. Yep, I need you to go back to the place where you commanded the rain to stop. I need you to go back to the place. God, why? Just I need you to go. He goes back to the place and now he's confronted with the prophets, the great showdown in the Bible. He's confronted now with the prophets who feel like they have an ear to their God. They're actually praying to a rain God. They're praying to a rain God and Elijah comes up and he begins to mock them. He says, listen, all right, it's one against 50. Let's do this. You pray to your God for this altar to be consumed with fire. If your God comes through, then he is God. But if he does not come through, then my God is God. So they begin to pray to their God for the altar to be consumed with fire. They pray all day and all night to the degree that Elijah begins to mock them. He mocks them and says, what's wrong? Is your God busy? What's wrong? Is your God asleep? He then says, all right, it looks like your God is not going to come through for you. So here's what we need to do. Let's build another altar and let me pray to my God. He then begins to pray to Jehovah God and immediately the altar is consumed with fire till the water is dried up. I, 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 need, you, I, I need you to see this. When God is on your side, you ain't got to show your enemies. God will show your enemies. Elijah then tells the prophets, listen, you now serve me. He then says, here's a word from God and says, listen, it's about to rain. I hear the sound of an abundance of rain. He doesn't see any rain, but he hears the sound of an abundance of rain. Catch this. He doesn't see any rain. He hears the sound of an abundance of rain. Now faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Sometimes God allows you to hear it before you see it. Sometimes God allows you to hear it before you see it. And sometimes we can't receive it because we are looking at what's happened in between when we heard it. Can I give you just this statement? This is a part of the process. You're not going to see it on the screen. That in between you being faithful and God doing the thing that he called you to do, you're going to be frustrated. Frustration is a necessary step in order for you to receive the things of God. Do I have any people that's ever been frustrated? I'm just frustrated because I thought by now. I thought by now I'd have the raise. I thought by now I'd be married. I thought by now I'd have the house. And I'm frustrated. Elijah hears the sound of the buns ring. God, I'm frustrated. I'm frustrated because I hear it, but I don't see it. 
and I don't understand why will you allow me to hear it and not see it. It seems like if you're going to tell me about it, then don't you, can you not stand people that tell you, I got something to tell you, but I'm going to call you back. Then why did you tell me? Now I can't wait. God does that all the time. He hears the sound of an abundance of rain and Elijah gets in his posture for promise. He gets in a posture for promise. He puts his head in between his legs where the only thing he can see is the ground. Because sometimes when you hear it and you don't see it, you got to take your eyes off of what you do see. He begins to pray for it. He had faith for it, but he begins to pray for it. He had faith for it, but he begins to pray for it. Write this statement down if you would. There can be no prayer without faith and no faith without prayer. Hmm. There can be no prayer without faith and no faith without prayer. Pastor Mark, I know that why you're saying that. I'm saying that because there are many people who have faith but don't pray. And many people who pray but don't have faith. It makes no sense for you to pray and not have faith. And it makes no sense for you to have faith and not pray. Job declared it this way, that the things, I shall declare a thing and it shall be established. And the light of God's favor shall shine upon all your ways. In other words, there are going to be some things that are going to happen because you're going to open up your mouth. That one of the things, faith comes by hearing, but it's released by declaring. I need you to hear that. Faith comes by hearing, but it's released in your environment by declaring. The enemy wants to interrupt and affect your worship because your worship affects your world. Here Elijah is, let me hasten, here Elijah is and he's praying for it to rain. He sees the cloud the size of a man's hand. So he sends his servant to run ahead to tell the king that's about to rain. He then outruns the chariot. I believe your pastor preached a great sermon on that. He outruns the chariot. He gets there, but he's not confronted with celebration. He is confronted with a messenger of Jezebel. Hmm. He's confronted with a messenger of Jezebel. Here's what Jezebel tells the messenger to tell him. Tell him by this time tomorrow, he is going to be dead. Now, when I read this story, I immediately thought that Elijah is about to clap back. This is about to be the ultimate clap back because you don't mess around with Elijah. Elijah is about to cause a lightning bolt to strike her down. He's going to close up her mouth like Dark Vader on Star Wars. The Bible declares something that's absolutely interesting, that's important in this process of faith. I want you to look at, just real quick, throw it on the screen, 1 Kings 19. 1 Kings 19. Look what it says. Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. Hold up, hold up, hold up. Jezebel sends a messenger to tell you that because you embarrass her prophets 
and now it's about to reign in the land that she was in control of because there are some people that like to control you through your shortage and they don't want to see you come up so anybody that tries to help you becomes an enemy to them because as long as they got you in a place of shortage they can always control you so here, here's Jezebel says tell him by this time tomorrow I'm going to kill him this man of faith who is faithful, the Bible declares that Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. Mm. Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. Can I share something with you? In between being faithful and being fulfilled is this thing called being fearful. Elijah was afraid. The promise that God gave him that it was going to rain was on its way. But in between being faithful and the promise being fulfilled, he was afraid and ran for his life. I want to suggest to you something. That if what God has spoken to you about doesn't scare you a little bit, it ain't from God. But I need you to see this. Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. Elijah was afraid and ran in the opposite direction of where the rain was coming. God was about to release the rain, but Elijah chose to run away from the rain. The enemy is trying to put you in a place of fear where you run away from the thing that you've been praying for. Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. Stay on your feet. I want to declare something with you standing. Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. Elijah, who prayed for it to rain, now is running away from the rain. When the rain comes, Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. I said, God, why is it that Elijah in this moment is running away from the rain? Why is it that all these miracles that Elijah performed, this is the greatest attack that has ever come against him in this season of his life. You don't hear about Jezebel when Elijah was doing all the other miracles, when Elijah stopped it from raining, when Elijah is being fed by the ravens, when Elijah is combating the prophets, but here now it's about to rain in Elijah's life. It's about to rain in the faithful's life. Why is it now that Elijah gets so scared? The enemy spooks him so much so that Elijah is afraid and he runs in the opposite direction of his life. I want you to see this. Galatians 3.29, this is what the Lord showed me. It says, if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed. Mm. When the rain comes, because the enemy can't stop the rain, he'll try to stop you from being planted. Because if the rain ever hits the seed, harvest is on the way. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Elijah was afraid. 
and he stopped from being planted in the place that God told him. And he ran when it was raining. Some of you, that the enemy has put fear on the inside of you, and you are running. You are on the run like Beyonce and Jay-Z. You're running from the place that God told you to be. Why are you running? You're running because you're seed. And the enemy knows that when the rain, if this rain ever hits your life, it's going to produce a harvest in your life. Can you slip your hands in the air? Come up here, share. My wife and I, I want you to receive this. The first thing I want to say to you is that you are planted in the right place. You are planted in the right place. You can ill afford to run because you're scared of something that hadn't even happened yet. The enemy is just sending you messages. Why? Because faith comes by hearing. You know what fear is? All fear is is faith in the wrong thing. Elijah believed that Jezebel could do what she said she was going to do. And as a result, he ran away from the blessing of God. We got married seven years ago. I need everybody that's believing God for a financial breakthrough to come down to this altar. This is who I'm called to speak to today. I don't want you to miss it when the rain comes. Allow me to be vulnerable to you for a second. Come up a little closer so they can all get in. I want everybody to get this right. Seven years ago, we got married. I was terrified, not of marrying this beautiful woman, but I was terrified because I was broke. I was so broke until when we went on our honeymoon, we went to this particular beach. My bride of three days on the next to the last day of the trip said, babe, here's an ice cream store. Can we get some ice cream? I looked at my money. Some of y'all have been broke, know what I'm talking about. I looked at my money. I said, all right, she's going to want to eat breakfast in the morning. We got to pay for gas to get back. I had to tell my bride of three days, babe, I can't even get you ice cream. Do you understand how humiliating, how humbling that is as a man? Here, my bride, God, I've been faithful to you. I'm passing the church. I'll be honest with you, I'm, I'm broke. I can't even get my bride an ice cream cone. I took her probably about four years later. She had forgotten all about it. I remembered it. I took her four years later, and I got her two scoops, double. She said, baby, but I don't want any ice cream. I don't want any ice cream. Eat the ice cream. The thing still kept bothering me. I know many people would have let it go, 
But I said, God, I've been faithful. I've been faithful. I've been faithful. And God, when I got married, I couldn't even buy my wife an ice cream cone. Yeah, God, you allowed me four years later to be able to buy her two scoops. It sounds good. It's preachy. But God, what in the world is going on? This year, I was able to talk to the owner of that ice cream parlor, that ice cream store that's located on a very popular beach. I was able to negotiate a contract with that owner to be able to buy that store. And every couple on their anniversary gets free ice cream. Why did you tell us that? Because I'm trying to teach you how to remain faithful when the rain comes. I want to say, you know what, Lord, I, I, I could be doing something else other than preaching, but I'm preaching and I'm being faithful and I can't supply. But when the rain comes, he wants you to run away from the thing that he's trying to do in your life. But if you're faithful, he'll not only give you double for your trouble, He'll allow you to be a blessing unto others. I need every hand lifted. Right now in this room, on the way here, here's who the Lord told me to pray for. He told me to pray for people who are believing him for financial increase. Wherever he leads you, he'll feed you. And you're frustrated and you're fearful because you're saying in yourself, what if I missed it because there's nothing that makes you feel like you missed it like conflict. God, what if I missed it? God, because if I'm doing what you told me to do, it should be easy, right? No. When you're faithful, there's going to be attacks that try to make you fearful. You're going to become frustrated. But in between being faithful and being fulfilled, there's frustration and there's fear. But you got to be planted when the rain comes. Father, I pray right now over every hand that's lifted in this room. I speak right now prosperity over every person with their hand lifted. Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus that God will stay planted when the rain comes. Where Abraham's seed. The enemy wants to pluck up the seed after it's been planted because he knows when the rain comes, harvest is on the way. But Father, I thank you that God, you said, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. By it, the elders, those people that were faithful, they obtained a good report. The same way you did it for them, you can do it for us when the rain comes. So, Father, I thank you that, God, what the enemy meant for bad, God, you're making it work together for our good. Father, I pray right now that your hand, the same hand that Elijah saw, the size of a man's hand when the rain was coming, I pray that your hand touch every person in this room that's at this altar. I pray right now in the name of Jesus for financial breakthrough in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray that they will not just be people of faith, but, Father, I pray that they will have faith not just saving faith, not just keeping faith, but overcoming faith. Faith, God, that if it's just a grain of a mustard seed, Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus. Every mountain that's standing in their way, 
move out of my way. Be cast into the sea. Right now, in the name of Jesus, we bind the spirit of death. We bind the spirit of doubt. We bind the spirit of layoffs. We bind the spirit of inability, feeling like they're not worth that, feeling like they're not more than in the name of Jesus. Father, you've always made a way. You've always showed up on time. God, how dare we doubt you? God, God, you're a man that you're incapable of lying. So, Father, we thank you right now that your promises are yes and amen to the glory of God. Now, Father, we thank you right now that eyes have not seen and ears have not heard and neither has it even entered into the heart of man the things in this next season that you're praying it is rain season i declare right now every hand lifted right now i need you to stretch and reach out for the rain stretch and believe god for the rain there are some things that come into your life because of expectation open up your mouth right now thank god for the rain in advance right now I see the cloud, the size of a man's hand over your life, over your family, over your bills, over your income. Right now, in the name of Jesus, we cancel the spirit of death. We cancel the spirit of fear. We will not run away when the rain comes. Yep. 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 In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, we have the victory. In the name of Jesus, we have the victory. Yep. When the rain comes, when the rain comes. Now hear me when I say this. Hear me when I say this. You need to hear this. God feeds you wherever he leads you. I have known your pastor for years, years upon years. It's interesting to me that in this season, in this particular season, he has to be out. I believe he has to be out so you can mature. You hearing what I'm saying? Sometimes the best way to mature, see, it means nothing for my son to be good around me, to be faithful around me, if he's not faithful when I'm not there. In this season of fellowship, the rain is about to come. Don't worry about the people who left. You remain planted. Grow not weary in well-doing, for in due season you'll reap if you faint not to stay planted. This is where God told me to be. This is the place God told me to be in. I'm Abraham's seed. Seed needs to rain to produce the harvest. I want my wife to pray real quickly over your faithfulness over your faithfulness to remain I need you to understand see so many times you believe that your blessing is this we believe that when we come to a church we do the church a favor I'm coming to your church you understand Elijah wasn't doing the brook a favor
by going to the brook. The brook just happened to be the place that he told him that the ravens would feed him there. Do you understand that God has allowed you to be connected to a place where there is rain? Do you understand? Your pastor's name is good beyond. Your pastor could take this ministry and put it any place in the world and blow up. Do you understand the giftings that's in him? Do you understand the connection? I mean, y'all having William McDowell off of a phone call. The connections that your pastor has, the name recognition that your pastor has in Winston-Salem is beyond Winston-Salem. But he has remained faithful, not so his name can get bigger, because it can get bigger if he left. I'm going to tell you that. He has remained faithful because he knows that when the rain comes, you got to be planted. And if he moves away from his assignment, you'll lose your harvest. Are you hearing me, somebody? Every hand lifted one more time. Father, we thank you for the awesome opportunity to come to you and to call upon your great name. We stand here now, God. We stand here very vulnerable. Father, some of us are afraid. We admit that we have allowed fear to move us out. But God, we've come to this altar today to kill the fear that has motivated us so many times to abort missions, to abort assignments. But Father, we declare that in the name of Jesus, we will stay where you have declared that we are to be planted. We thank you, God, for watering our path. We thank you, God, for hearing our cry. We thank you, God, for being merciful. We thank you for being kind. We thank you, God, for being gracious. We thank you for being faithful when we did not stand to the assignment, when we left the assignment. And Father, it was just not an assignment, but we left people. We left people, God, on the line looking for you. We were to be there and they were looking for you. But Father, if you give us another chance, Father, this time we'll remain faithful. We'll stay where you called us to be. No matter how hard it gets, no matter how dark it gets, we'll stay where you called us, God. Because there is a blessing in the faithfulness. Father, we lift up Pastor Tony to you. We thank you for the man of God. We thank you and we declare that every cell, every organ, every muscle, every blood vessel that's running through his body, every system that makes up his body is not just healed, but it is divine health, God, that runs through his body. Father, touch him from the crown of his head to the very sole of his feet. Father, we send the word that Pastor Tony, you're healed. Your body must obey the word of the Lord. You are healed, man of God. You are healed, man of God. You won't faint. You won't lose any ground. God is speeding up the process. We declare it so. God is doing for you, Pastor Tony. He's doing in the lives of every fellowship member right now in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for speeding up blessings that it will meet the houses 
for tuning in today with Fellowship Church. We pray that you were blessed by the message and we would like to connect with you through our website, fellowshipws.org or facebook.com slash at the fellowship. If you are ever in the greater triad area, we would love for you to be our VIP for weekend worship experience on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. On behalf of Pastor Tony and the Fellowship family, thank you again for joining us. And remember to love God, love people, and impact the world.